Well, I, uh, I, I really appreciate the words that, uh, I appreciate the worship, first of all. Thank you, Angie, and the rest of the team. I appreciate what Ray just said about being in submission to the Holy Spirit and uh, to uh, really listen for his voice. So before I get into uh, this, uh, I'd just, like just like to pray. Uh, what? Pardon me? Oh, release the kids. Kids, you are free. You don't have to listen to me. So go. I would just like to uh, pray uh, Psalm nineteen fourteen over this. What I am about to share with you. Psalm nineteen fourteen says. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So that's my prayer for us today. Uh, first, before I get really into it, I want to start with Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, for the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I just wanted to lay a little groundwork here for all Scripture. I think when we see this in the New Testament, uh, maybe I, maybe it was just me, but I always used to kind of think it's, this is primarily dealing with uh, New Testament, the Scripture in New Testament. But the fact is, when this was written, there was basically only the Old Testament. It was written, when I looked into it, it was written at about the same time that the Gospels were written. And the writer of this is Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. And I'm just saying that to point out that when we preach from the Old Testament, this is not just for the people of the Old Testament. This is for our reproof, our correction. The Old Testament is vital. That's all they had to base their instruction off, plus the new revelation that Jesus gave them by walking the earth. But I just believe that most of what Paul is writing about here is, is based on the Old Testament. And so I say that because what I'm going to talk about today is mostly about the Old Testament. And... Uh, before I get into the message, uh, why do I like what Ray said? Because uh, 
a word was given to me that I, that I fought. That I, I don't know if this is really a song or not. It seems to me there is a song like this, but I probably got the wrong words in it. But what's going through my mind is, I fought the Lord, but the Lord won. I, I preached, I, 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 I prepared two sermons for today, and then the Lord woke me up this morning and said, no, I want you to say this. Because he'd been telling it to me for a long time, and I, I, I fought him. I said, well, these other two sermons are good. They're good enough, aren't they? The Lord says, no, this is what I want you to, I want you to do. And the, the basis for it is Second um, Timothy 4.2, based coming from the, the New Living Translation. This is what the Lord told me, to preach the word of God urgently at all times, whether you, when you get the chance. Well, I've been given a chance. In season and out, when it is convenient and when it is not, correct and rebuke your people when they need it. Exchange or uh, encourage them to do right and all the time be feeding them patiently with God's word. When it's convenient, when it's not. When you're given a chance. Now, not everyone, I feel like this is a, a word for me personally. And, but not just me, but it's, it's not for everyone, because not everyone gets a chance to preach. But I've been given a chance to preach, and the Lord says, then do this. Talk about the urgency, and talk about correcting and rebuking. And I'm not correcting just you and just you guys. I'm correcting myself. I'm rebuking myself. Because if there's anything in this message that I give that makes you feel like it's condemning, it's not meant to condemn. If it's, it's just, I'm as guilty as you are if, if you feel any guilt, but it's a hard word. So, as I said, it's been a long time the Lord has been talking to me about this. You know that we're in, a, in a America, and really the world, is in a very... Uh, dangerous position right now. In a, dangerous in the sense for Americans that we're losing liberties, our, our moral, the, the culture is morally decrepit, corrupt. And I'll just give you an example. This is one example. And probably some of you have heard it. There was a headline that was just released uh, some places say January 31st, others February 1st. 
Headline, pro-life activists face 11 years in prison after jury finds hands down a guilty verdict. What did these people do? They sang hymns at the abortion clinic. They sang hymns and prayed. And they were charged with blocking the entrance to the abortion clinic. This is in March of 2021. They were charged in October 22. So is this a big deal? Well, it is. Because they were, they're, uh, they're being charged or possibly sentenced to 11 or 10 and a half years in prison. 10 and a half years in prison. And a possible fine of up to $350,000. Again, this is an example. This is not, it's just, it's so startling to me that we are on the verge of real, maybe not the verge, we're in real persecution. Christian persecution. If you can't voice your opinion in a peaceful way, depending on what the topic is, and not be charged with a heinous crime and possible sentencing of 10 and a half years and a fine of that magnitude, while on the opposite side, you have people burning down a precinct in Minneapolis, a police precinct in Minneapolis, and as far as I know, getting a slap on the wrist. We're in trouble. And also all I'm trying to tell you is give you a picture of the trouble we're in, the, the situation we're in. This is no longer a, a hypothesis. This is happening. So we need to acknowledge that. The Ten Commandments no longer can be publicly displayed, they tell us. I'm going back a few years now. Uh, Same-sex marriage is promoted. Drag queen shows are promoted. We're, we're in a difficult place. So, one of my sermons was entitled, It's Time to Seek the Lord. And I, and I, I still think that's a, that's a good, good, good thing to do. That's what we need to do. We need to seek the Lord for our own personal involvement in this, our own personal strategy on how to deal with these issues. But, not but, maybe not but, but in addition to that, this is what the Lord is uh, asking me to tell you today. Isaiah 58.1. Oh, no, 58.1, yes. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. It's Old Testament. History repeats itself. Psalm 
sound the trumpet. Now, am I, I just want us to understand that when America sins, which they have, which it has, we are part of America. We cannot separate ourselves and say, well, look at what they're doing. We're part of it. And we have to own our part. Daniel 9, 4 and 5. And I prayed to the Lord, our God, my God, and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who, have, who love him and those who keep his commandments. I have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. I'm sorry, I have trouble reading. It's just I have a vision problem. But you can see it. Daniel and Joseph, as far as I know, from my understanding of the Bible, they're the only two men that I see nothing negative set against, set about them. David was a man of after God's own heart, but David made some terrible mistakes. That doesn't negate him, but all I'm saying is Daniel, not a, not a single bad thing was ever said about him, a negative thing, and yet he was, he was, he spent his life in captivity. He had every reason to feel sorry for himself. As far as I know, he was a eunuch. He had every reason to feel sorry for himself. But he puts himself in with the country. He puts himself in there with why they're in captivity. He doesn't separate himself out and say, look at what they've done. Look at what your people have done. He says, no, look at what I have done. Now we have to, we, I, I just feel so strongly that we can't rule ourselves out. We'll go to Daniel 9, 8 and 9. Oh Lord, to us belongs shame of face to our kings, our princes, and our fathers because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness though we have rebelled against him. God wants to extend mercy. But we have to understand where the part that we've played, small or large, but God is a God of mercy and forgiveness. He doesn't condemn us if we repent, if we admit our sin. But this again is Daniel. This is all Daniel saying this. The man who has no bad record of any kind. Daniel 9, 13, 14, which is going right down the prayer of Daniel. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his words, works that he 
what, which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. We have not obeyed. We have not obeyed. But always mixed in with what the judgment side is, is the loving side of God. And the, and the righteousness of God. He is not he is not unfair in what he's saying. And he's not unfair in what he's doing. I heard a quote the other day that says, someone said this, and I believe it to be true, God uses wickedness to accomplish his purposes. I believe that. I just don't like to go through it. I don't like to have to go through the result of, our, of my sins and what I didn't do that I should have done and what I did do that I shouldn't have done. You know, so we have to own up to it. And Daniel 7, 18 and 19. I'll try this one, this one. <laughs> Our God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies, O Lord. Hear, O Lord. Forgive, O Lord. Bless and do not deny for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. We are called by the name of God. This is our prayer. This is a prayer for us. We don't deserve it. He says it is not because of our righteous deeds. We have, we don't have enough righteous deeds to take care of it. But it's because of your great mercies, Lord, that we ask you to step in. We ask you to help us to seek you. We ask you to help us rely on you. We help, ask you to help us to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that we might do what each one of us is supposed to do. Now, each one of us have different roles, but we all have something to do. The Lord will show us if we seek the Lord and we fall on his mercy and his forgiveness. I'll go back to Isaiah 58, 2 and 5. I think I can do this one better. <laughs> Isaiah 58. This, this chapter has been on my heart for years. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have you afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. God is saying, do not 
pretense. Do not act as though you've done everything you can and that at your, somehow you've been righteous in your attitudes and, and in your supplications. God is saying, do not pretend. Do not hold up your hands and say, Lord, when are you going to do something? I always think of that song. I think it's by Casting Crowns. When you ask the Lord, what are you, what are you, why aren't you doing something? He says, I've done something. I've created you. You do something that I've given you the ability to do, that I've called you to do. Let me go to Isaiah 58.5. It is a fact. It is a fact that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it, oh, I'm sorry, is it a fast? I'm sorry. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? It's a question. God's saying, are you really expect me to respond when you're just putting on a show? You're just acting like you want me to do something. And you're really looking for your own, uh, for your own pleasure. It gets into pleasure a lot more a little later. Isaiah 58, 6 and 7. Is that this is what the Lord wants. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. Are we doing what the Lord wants us to be doing? Now, take your pick. Take your pick. Where's, which one is what you should be doing? But certainly your attitude should be towards all of them. I, I just, what does oppressed mean? This example of these people, these protesters, being uh, charged with potentially imprisonment and fines, are they not oppressed? They're very oppressed. There's much oppression in the world. We all live with personal oppression. If, we're, if we have a, a stronghold in our life that we can't break, it's an oppression. We need to be dealing with these issues within the church and then outside the church. But it is definitely, a, the Lord is saying, I want you to do what pleases me, what pleases God. I need you to be looking for something to do that falls in these categories. Now we get to the brighter part. Isaiah 58, 8, and 9. 
There's always a brighter spot with God. After he points out the sin, he says, but then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing finger and speaking wickedness. If you take those away, look at what, what the reward is, what the promise is. Your light will shine, your healing will come. We need healing in this land. We need healing so terribly in this land. But we have to obey. We have to look at ourselves. We have to examine ourselves and say, what is my part? What part have I played in the demise, in this case, of America? Sober judgment. But rewards are great. Then Daniel 9, 13 and 14. I'm sorry, Isaiah 58, 9, uh, whatever I said. (laughs) Isaiah, not Daniel. Uh, Isaiah 58, 10 and 11. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will give you uh, continually, will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. We have so much available to us. So much reward, so much forgiveness, so much guidance through the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit. Are you in touch with the Holy Spirit? He will guide you. All these promises if we just really, truly look to what God wants us to do and to step up when, the, when, it, when we need to step up. Deuteronomy 9, 18 and 19. Ah, my goodness, I'm sorry. Isaiah 58, 13, and 14. If you turn your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, not speaking your own words, Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I'll cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. 
the Sabbath. You know what the Sabbath means? It means rest, <clears throat> cease from striving. The Lord is not asking you to burden yourself. He's not asking us to burden ourselves. He's saying, you do what I ask you to do. You obey my commandments, and I'll give you rest. If you take delight in the Sabbath, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. It's not, he's not asking us to do what he won't provide the strength for us to do. He's saying, if you do it, if you obey me, you will find rest. And pleasure. Don't do what pleases you. Do what pleases the Lord. Honor him. Not doing your own ways. Not finding your own pleasure. Not speaking your own words. Then you will delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's what we should be looking toward, working toward. To get to the point where we delight in the Lord. We come, we come and assemble here today, uh, on any given day, because... It's a delight. It's a delight. And when it becomes that delight, then our desires change. Thank God I don't have the desires I used to have. I'll thank God for that every day that I don't have the desires I used to have. My desires, the more I walk with the Lord, the more I listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the more my desires change and become what God wants them to be. And then our light will break forth. We're the light of the world. We need it to shine. We need people to see it so that they can ask us, where, where does your joy come from? Thank you, Lord. Psalm 127.1 Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord gives the, guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he gives his beloved sleep. This is, a, this is, again, is another picture that the Lord gives us of why when we obey, when we, when we build our house, a house has many different uh, connotations. You know, your personal life is a house. Your family is a house. Your church is a house. Well, when we build that house with the Lord building it, we build it not in vain. We haven't wasted our time. 
What does vain mean? In this case, it means you're doing something useless, something that doesn't matter, it doesn't count. But if the Lord builds the house, when we get married, if we put Christ in it, if we're that three-cord tie, that three-cord rope, we have, we have blessing. But if we try to do it without God, it, it, it's vain. If the Lord guard the city, unless the Lord guard the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. There's no point to it. It's just going to fail. But I've used this probably cruelly to people because I am, I don't have any trouble sleeping. <laughs> and I'm not saying that as a that's just the way the Lord made me. It's not because I'm so good, I'll tell you that. But, but I've used that to people who complain about they can't sleep. I said, gee, the Lord blesses those. <laughs> so anyway, but it's just a point of saying he's going to give you rest. Rest, 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 rest. That's what the Lord is telling me. Get to the point and he's telling this to me personally, and I hope it applies to you. Get to the point where you can rest and stop striving. Try, stop trying to be good. Just obey the Lord and be good. But don't carry the burden. That's, to me, that's the good news of it. We are given assignments in our lives and if we just do what we're supposed to do, and we seek the Holy Spirit, we seek God, He will give us the direction. And is it uh, Matthew 11, 27, and, or 28 through 30? I think I'm going to read that. You don't have that, do you, Matt? I don't think. You probably didn't have a chance to do that one. But... Um, I think you all know it. Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Anything the Lord gives us, if it's truly from the Lord, if you've heard from the Lord, it's easy and light. When I was battling this with the Lord and saying, you know, is this really what I'm supposed to talk about? Oh, no, 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 I, I don't want to do that, Lord. This is, this is not, I can give them something else, a little easier, a little simpler, a little more Christianese. The Lord said, no. He woke me up this morning from a good sleep, and, <laughs> and he said, 
I had those other ones prepared. And he said, no, this is what I want you to do. I want you to t preach Isaiah 58 and Daniel 9 because they've been on my heart for years. And the, t the chance came, the time came. And so that's what I, I'm left with. And as uncomfortable as at first it seemed, after all this time of debating with the Lord over the years to say it, to talk about these things, when, when he finally said, this is what I want you to preach, and I said, okay, it became easy. Not, not without fear and trembling, but it became easy because that's what he promises. He, your bur his burdens are easy. Oh, it's not up there. <laughs> his burdens are easy. And, they and you can rest in them. You know, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So I encourage us to seek the Lord. That, that wasn't a wrong sermon that I had prepared. It just needed to be amplified. And I, I, I'd like to go to Hosea 10, 12 and 13. Hosea, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness, you have reaped iniquity, you have eaten the fruit of lies, because you trusted in your own way in the multitude of your mighty men. What a picture. What a picture of when we begin to look to mankind to solve our problems. Because you have trusted in your own way in the multitude of your mighty men. We look too much to the political system. We have to pay attention to the political system. Don't, I don't want you to get the wrong impression. We have to be involved in the political system. We have to vote. We have to vote biblically. But our real trust is in the Lord. The last half of this is what we've done. The first part is this is what we're supposed to do. It's time to seek the Lord. Urgently, Philip, uh, Timothy 4.2 says, urgently. How much more evidence do we need of what the devil is getting away with? We've got to find our place and do what the Lord wants us to do, individually and corporately. I'll just put in a plug for the prayer. I, this prayer is open to everyone on Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings. 
The Lord speaks to us at these meetings. You should be seeking the Lord. Find out what he's saying, corporately and in your prayer closet. One doesn't negate the other. They both have a place. We need to go and seek the Lord wherever he may be found, it says. Seek the Lord wherever he may be found. He can be found anywhere. But he certainly honors people who come together as believers and seek the Lord. It's a great thing to have a body of believers around you. You know, it's, it's a dangerous place to isolate yourself. It's dangerous. But there's, time, there's a place where you, you get into your prayer closet. Again, I'm not negating that. That's very, very important when the Lord speaks to you individually. But he also wants us to come out and see what he's telling other, other believers in the body so that we can share in that knowledge. So I ask the worship team to come. I just... Uh, I just find it, seek the Lord. I'll just give you a couple more. Why, why, do, we seek, uh, why do we seek God? For reward. Hebrews 11.6. Okay. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is, should be a goal of ours, to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. He rewards us. He rewards us. He gives us more back than what we've given him. But we have to be diligent. We have to really be seeking him. Zephaniah 2.3. Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth who have, who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness. Seek humility. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. <laughs> This is a prayer to seek God for protection. To find him. This seems like a kind of redundant thing, but Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14. Then you will, then you will call upon me and go and say to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me. Search, well, seek for me with all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. God, it's a promise. God says, if you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found. I'll show up. I'll do. I'll do what you want me to do. Because you're seeking me with your whole heart. And in Second Chronicles 7.14, the one we all know, 
to some degree. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Praise God. There is an answer. It's in the Lord. This battle that we face is a spiritual battle played out in the natural. But we have to seek the Lord in the spirit. And we have to go after the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness in the spirit with spiritual weapons. And then, then we go into the earthly realm and we use what God has told us to try to bring our country back. Not just our country, it's way bigger than that, but this is where we are. This is where we can do something. And the Lord is asking us to do it. And that he'll reward us when we do it. And the last one, Psalm 53.2. God looks down from heaven upon the earth, upon the children of man, to see if there is any who understand, who seek God. Can we number ourselves in that? The next verse in Psalm 73 says he can't find anyone. Well, I don't want to believe that part. I think he can find some of us that are willing to understand and we're willing to seek the Lord. Willing to seek the Lord. So, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your correction, for your rebuke, for your, for your discipline. That is all in love, Lord. You have created a way out, Lord. You have created us to be worshipers of you, to come forward in our time of distress and seek you and find you and know the pleasures and the rewards we will receive from doing that. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your gracious love exhibited by the death of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for we are not able to redeem ourselves. We need the Redeemer. So we ask you, Lord, help us to labor, but then help us to rest, Lord. Rest in what you have for us, what you've promised for us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to close with uh, a series of verses. I don't know, Matt, if you had a chance to put this one in. Uh, Hebrews 3, 7 through 11. If not, I'll just read it. Hebrews 3, 7 through 11. There it is. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, if you will hear his voice, I just want to point out, he is speaking. It's not a matter of will he say something. He will say something. But will you hear? 
his voice. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and I said they always go astray in their heart and so they have not known my ways, swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. You can go into that whole thing there, but there, God has a place of rest for us. But he expects us to carry our load, but not a burden. There's a difference. He wants you to carry your load, but he doesn't want you to be burdened. So you have to find your place and enter his rest. There's still, further in the chapter, it says there still is a rest for those who believe. It has not been taken away. That was for them. We have a rest available to us. So, thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. Help us to live your word. Each one of us, individually and corporately, Mix your word with faith and apply it and carry, each one carry our load and ease the other, the other person's burden. That's what you call us to do, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, go in peace. God be with you.